Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 112. Uh, Today, we're jumping back into the metalworking side of making with today's guest. Uh, Jason Radcliffe is a custom metalworker who's been building his business for almost 20 years, but doing it on the side. He's got a unique setup where he can actually still work a day job, but it complements his metalworking side hustle. Now, Jason talks to us about how he balances both his jobs while still finding time to take a breath and enjoy time with his wife and pursue some personal interests. Jason started his business, 44 Steel, in 2005, and as Brad said, has been growing it on the side. He was featured on a TV show called Framework with our guest and friend, Jory Brigham. He now teaches a class with Jory a few times a year out at Jory's shop in California, and I'm actually going to be attending and helping out there in October, which is pretty awesome. Jason's been hustling for a long time, and though he may not be the biggest social media personality, he definitely is a monster behind the scenes. With contracts for product lines from large manufacturing companies all over the United States, and also having featured products in prominent New York City showrooms, Jason is definitely a force to be reckoned with. It was awesome learning how a side hustler is truly maximizing his business and changing it up a bit. With this episode with a metal worker, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely. We've, we've been getting the metal workers in yeah, here a little definitely. bit, man. It's been, it's been awesome. Yeah, but this was uh, a great episode. Before we do get into it, I want to let you know you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Uh, we were recording this a little bit in advance, so we will thank our patrons next week. And without further ado, here is our interview with Jason Radcliffe from 44 Steel. Hey guys, welcome back to another interview. We are super excited to have an amazing metal fabricator. We have Jason Radcliffe from 44 Steel. Jason, welcome to Made for Profit, my man. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, dude, we're, we're excited. Jason, uh, I know you and John have, have known each other for a little bit longer than me. We met up at Spring Make and and uh, with, with the whole Lincoln Electric event and stuff, and your welding is amazing, and your instruction, you definitely helped me this last Spring Make, so <laughs> I know you've been doing a uh, welding for a very long time and a lot of our listeners are are trying to to get into that mixed media so it's going to be really interesting to have that conversation and we were talking before the show like we haven't really talked about your business like you and I as much we've just talked about you know hanging out and drinking beers and welding all, <laughs> so, right, right. all those things are awesome <laughs> which are all <laughs> awesome so so yeah <laughs> absolutely well I tell you what and why don't you just give us a little brief intro about uh you know who you are, how how you got 44 Steel started, and and what you guys do over there. So uh, my name is Jason Radcliffe. Uh, the business is 44 Steel. Um, I started this back in uh, 2005, um, sort of on an accident. Um, I was setting up a snowboard shop on the east side of Cleveland, and ran into a store that I knew some friends that worked at, and I I had made her a table. A friend of mine had made her a table. I've always made stuff for my friends, but then somebody's like. There was a designer in there that couldn't get a table, and my friend's like, "Well, he could make it for you." And here I am, you know. So <laughs> it, it 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 snowballed really quickly from there, and um, you know, I was making anything and everything for everybody, and then I slowly honed into my own designs, and now I I'm probably half and half. I do uh, production work for other people as well as uh, my own work, so keeps me busy. Yeah, and you're doing some uh, a little bit of the uh, I guess instructional kind of teaching stuff too a little bit these days too right yeah i started uh doing a class with joy Brigham out in uh, california uh, a couple years ago and so i do the tig teach part of that and he does the wood and we stick it together at the end and it it's it's so much fun it's like the best two days of my uh of the year i love having love having it love doing it yeah that's awesome i'm i'm actually going to be joining you this uh in this fall for for one of your classes um one of our key sponsors here on the show, Woodcraft, and my own personal sponsor, um, did a giveaway, and one lucky fan won. And I'm flying out to Cali the week after I get married to uh, <laughs> to, to, to facilitate to facilitate in both. But uh, 
You know, one thing I think is is phenomenal about like kind of the incorporation of metal and steel and into woodworking is um, how approachable individuals like yourself and Jory have made it right. Because Jory is a he he's he's been on the show before. Um, one of the most talented individuals I've ever met in my life, as far as design and and making basically anything goes. Um, and with that, you know, he uses extremely basic metalworking to, I guess, uh, kind of just add a little bit of pop or uh, feel to his woodworking um, expertise. And uh, 44, I would say, is, is kind of on the flip side right now, right? Like you're you're doing a lot more of the metal. Why don't you touch a little bit on like your design uh, aesthetic and, and eye and and how you got into uh, doing like sort of a more of a mashup now than just all metal? Yeah, yeah. so, so like, I pretty much the first um, 10 years of this of doing this business was only metal. That's all I did. I just decided I would just do it like this because everyone else is doing uh, wood and metal or all wood or something. So I wanted to do something completely different. And hot rolled steel, obviously everyone knows that color. That, that colorway is so beautiful and you can do so much with it. And every piece is just a little bit different. So I could make 100 pieces of the same thing and it would always look a little different. But over time, it started to get to be too much even for myself. I was just like, you know, it's sort of bored. I'm looking at the same thing every day, all day, every day, uh, different shapes. And I, I was on the show, on the show framework with Jory, and that's where I learned pretty much to woodwork was on TV <laughs> and came back home and started doing uh, more and more of it. And the when I left for that show, for that two months I was gone, I gave the business to my wife pretty much she had never really done much of it and here you go have fun and so when I got back she was running the business really well so I was able to take the time to do more design and try to figure out how to mash these two together and on the on the other plus side she started helping me with design so I was I was a little more clunky uh, and chunky designed uh, very masculine and I liked it but I sort of wanted to move in a different direction but couldn't quite figure it out so I'd come up with these pieces and I would make them and then I'd be like, all right, honey, what, what, what do you think we do to this? How do we slim this up, make it a little thinner? And she's really good at proportions and she's really good at like little details. And um, a lot of the pulls I get somewhat right, but then she really is able to be like, how about we do it like this? And so really it's become a, a mashup of the two of us as well. Um, all the new stuff that's come out in the last four to five years. That's yeah, I awesome. love I love the aesthetic of your of your look because you haven't varied to where a lot of people go is like massive, chunky, bulky metal and wood type furniture. You know, like I, I build a lot of metal and wood furniture, but it's very like the, the metal stuff I do. If it's if it's using a lot more uh, of that medium tends to look a lot more industrial and your work still has like a beautiful, sleek sort of kind of uh modern feel but it's like it's 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 i don't know it's it's like minimalist right yeah and, and it, and it, has, it has this <laughs> I was like thinking the same way john right? like how like how do you explain it because i, I was just looking at uh, last week i saw the uh the filing cabinet you did jason that little rolling mm -hmm. filing cabinet i looked at it and it was like and i think the sucks. difference i know i think the difference is like like when i first saw it i just looked at it and i thought Oh, it's just like a filing. I was like, what? I was like, did he like, and it's like, oh no, he like made, like, this is like, I mean, you know, I should have known that off the, off the start, but <laughs> I was like, oh, like, cause it looks kind of like a normal filing cabinet. But then when you look, it's like so much more sleek and it's obviously not stamped. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's got all the, well, I think that's what it is, is that you're using such thinner material. So it's not that super chunky. And that is like so modern. The same thing with that, that desk that you did. I was like, Wow. Like, yeah, I think it's just that for me, I think that's what it does it. Like it's the, it's like that sheet metal and the thin, mm -hmm. and it's not, mm -hmm. not thin, but thinner than like, you know, a, an eighth inch steel, right? Plate. Right, uh, right, and, right. And it just, it gives that, it just gives that immediate appeal of like, whoa, like you look at it, you're like, man, that is so sleek and sexy. Uh, so and that's awesome to hear that you and your wife have kind of yeah, developed so that cool. together. That's, that's oh, really it's, neat. It's made it so much better too. You know, like it's it. You have somebody to bounce ideas off of, colors, everything. It's so nice. So tell us a little bit about like the the roles you guys have kind of worked into. Um, you know, Brad and I talk on the show a lot that if you're going to uh, add any sort of employee or partner or someone of that sense to your business, you know, you want to either be looking, 
you want to be looking for complementary skill sets, right? And I think you've you've touched on it slightly with like uh, maybe design and, and, and adding uh, visual uh, interest to it. But tell us a little bit about those roles that you two have kind of seems like grown into as the business has developed. Yeah. So I for for six years, I had an assistant that did a lot of my uh, prep work for me, got things ready for me, did all this stuff, but she didn't really help me with design. I just pretty much said, hey, can you get this ready for me, prep it, and during the day, and she would get it all done, and then I would do most of the welding in the evenings um, and finish work you know, at night. Well, when she, she actually just ended up moving to Florida, and I, I, you, you end up, pretty much when you have an employer, you end up paying them all your money. And I know it sounds weird, but like when it's this small of a business where it's just my wife and I right now, and for a while it was just me and my assistant. And so now that my wife's here, I, she's sort of doing the front end of the house and I'm doing the back end. Um, and that way I can get away from not having to go to the computer, you know, not having to invoice people, not having to do that sort of stuff where I can stay in the shop and keep that going. Whereas the other girl that was working for me, you know, did a great job, but didn't really mesh in and want to like, you know, I, I guess expand my business and help me in that aspect. So it, it was really great to see my wife uh, be able to do that. And I had a little more control over things and you know how, you know how that goes with, with furniture <laughs> or, or whatever it is you're building. You want to have control over that last little bit. And um, now that we've got that going, I can spend that extra time in the shop. I can give that extra love to a piece uh, and not have to worry. Did I forget to invoice somebody? Because I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like seven years ago, I was forgetting to invoice people because I was so busy. I just couldn't couldn't get to it. Couldn't make things happen. Couldn't get product ordered or you know materials ordered because I just needed to get things built in the shop. So yeah. it's been it's really good right now. It's the the perfect combination of the two of us. Yeah, I think an in, the interesting part about uh, you know about front end and front end, you know, kind of back end. it is it's front end and back end, right? Taking inquiries, but also billing would be back end. So like yep. when you, when you're doing that as a, as a business owner, who, who is the talent, so, so to speak of, you know, whether you're the welder or the woodworker or the content creator, like you're in it, right. And you're just like thinking about that next piece, about that next product, about that next video, whatever it is. And then uh, you get done and you, you do a piece for somebody and you're really excited about it. You deliver it, whatever. They're really excited about it. And then you move straight to the next one. Exactly like what you mm -hmm. said. Then like you're like two, three weeks, a month later, you're like, did I ever build those? Like, <laughs> you know, did I send that? And, uh, and, and I used to do I used to make my own invoices in like uh, Word and I'd like mm -hmm. PDF them and then send them. And then John got me on to, uh, to QuickBooks, which that made it a ton easier. So I'm still doing my own, but I will like, I, if I don't make it a point, like I, if I, I've still done it, like it'll be, you know, cause I have some that I bill every month and it'll be like the 10th and I'll be like, oh, geez, I've not built these people yet. And cause like mine doesn't automate itself, but like, <laughs> yeah, having somebody do that. And I think the other side being, uh, you know, part of a, of a family business, quote unquote, my wife, my wife works with me as well is like, that's. It's, it, there's such freedom there in knowing, I, I think I love what you said about like that assistants can be great, but no assistant are, are very, 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 very few really have their sole intent of growing your business. Yeah. Right. right? Because right. they're an employee. I mean, they, that's not their job. They're, it's their job to be an employee and do what you ask them to do. And, and it's great if they can go above and beyond, but that's typically just doing stuff better. But like, they're, you know, they don't get anything out of growing your business. They get that mm -mm. paycheck that nope. you give them every week or whatever. And uh, so having your wife there, you know, talk about that a little. Like, how have you seen that change, uh, change the game in, in the senses of um, have you grown into to different clients or, or different styles of the build just because of, of matching that up? I'd, I'd really be interested to hear, you know, how has bringing your wife into it changed the game as far as that growth? And what does that look like before she came on? So she, it, before she came on, it was just a, a pretty much race. What can I get done today? It, it didn't really matter. I was uh, all over the place, but I would be getting something done. And I, I always thought, well, hey, I'm getting something done. What's, what's, you know, you only got so many hours in the day. Um, with the addition of her, not only in the design, but she also thinks things out more than I do. And she gets me on a schedule. Uh, let me rephrase that. Tries to get me on a schedule. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not, not 100% there yet. Um, 
you know, and think these things out. Make sure your materials are there before you need them. What all, all the little things we need, you know, hardware, you know, n- nothing like coming to, to installing something and you don't have the right hardware. You know, she thinks about all that stuff, uh, keeps me in order. But also one of the biggest things uh, ever is keeps me calm. You know, that that's sort of a hard thing sometimes when you're in a ra- rush, you're trying to run around, you're trying to get things done, you're shipping something that day or getting something crated. She is able to just keep me at a calm, easy, even killed pace. Um, when I go, if I've got big jobs in um, deliveries or, or installs or anything like that, I always bring her with me. She she's very calming, very smart, very you know thinks things ahead, um, and helps me out immensely with that sort of stuff. So it's been uh, it's been great to have her on, and I don't I don't think I'd want to do it without her anymore. <laughs> yeah. How much importance? And this is a topic we typically don't get into, Brad. How much importance do you think that like mental status brings to your business? It's been something Brad and I have been talking about, like outside of the podcast, personally, because it's a uh, it just sometimes it just pops its head up, and you're like, hey, dude, like you know, like how's your head? Like how are you doing? How's your mental space? How much do you think that that's added value to the to the flow of the business? Um, incorporating the awareness of having that sort of um, uh, that 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 grounding aspect of the relationship with your coworkers slash you know your your whole business situation with your wife being involved. Yeah, no, it's 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 actually quite perfect. And sh- what you know that little bit of calmness that she brings because she knows me. Obviously, she's known me for a long time. She can see how I'm being. She knows exactly where I'm frustrated. She can just. You know, honestly, honestly, put her hand on me and go, hey, and I and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. So like having like little things like that to be especially in in high stress situations. Uh, we've been in New York before in, in huge, you know, clients offices. We're trying to be quiet, but we're, we're building something, you know, or something doesn't go right. You're sweating. It's all weird. She's just able to go, hey, how's it going? Mm. And you, I go, oh, yeah, I'm. I'm I got it. All right, thank you. Thank you. And and so a lot of times that's all that it is, is she knows how I am, knows what I'm doing. And she's just like keeping an eye on me, you know, that, that whole, uh, I've said this in a, in, in, in a talk before about, you know, what's, you know, behind every strong man is an even stronger woman. It, it's 100% true. And, and having her behind me uh, and helping me with this whole situation, I shouldn't even say behind me anymore because she's not, she's, you know, right there with me doing everything that I do is super complimenting and super comforting to know that I'm doing this with somebody, not by myself. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it can, I mean, speak and you know, John is about to join the ranks of the married folks. John, con- con- early congratulations again. Yeah, <laughs> John just gave the big salute. Uh, <laughs> is, is that uh, it, it's really interesting, and, you know, and, and it and it doesn't have to be a wife, right? I know many um, female woodworkers. Who have a who have a, a strong supporting husband behind them too, so that it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just a spouse. It's just yeah. it's just knowing that uh, it's it's working with somebody. I think you hit it right on the head, Jason. That uh, that your wife, your spouse knows you better than anybody, more than likely, uh, and and that they can just see those cues that you can't see. Whereas, like mm-hmm. you know, just somebody who's working in the shop, like a an employee or a business partner, like in the most that I've seen, and just even just with working with John, like we, you know, we're just both like heads down, just like, ah, just trying to crush it. And, and when there's, because they're not really worried about your emotional well being, and they don't have to deal with you after the fact when you're right. off of work. Uh, whereas, you know, <laughs> your spouse does. And so like coming in and, and then being able to say like, Hey, you like my, that's what my wife will do on the back end. She'll, she'll like, she'll, she's very good about being like, you know, like, Hey, you just need to like, just, just go out in the shop. Like you, you know, it might right. be like late and like we had talked about doing something, but she's like, you're super stressed. He's like, why don't just go finish that up? Like, don't worry about this. I'll take care of the kids. I'll grab. And just like having that flex back and forth and the same thing, you know, I, I try to do that with her. If she's super stressed about something that's going on in, in her life uh, with the kids or something, I'm like, all right, let me jump in. How can I help? So I, I just, I love the idea of the husband wife uh, aspect of working together because it, it is, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just without getting too sappy. It's just like a super special thing because you can connect on a completely different level. And, and, you know, it's, there is some stress there too, but right. Like, yeah, you can, some of that spills over and there's more stress, but it, but it's way better than, uh, you know, the, the bad parts are way, way 
uh, smaller compared to the, the goodness you get out of it. Of course, of course. We, there's always going to be a little bit of an argument here or there or, or uh, you know, unclear something. But because you know each other, sometimes it's even easier to just get through it and just keep going. It's work. There is a, there is a separation. You can say that and say, all right, well, this was just work. We got to get this done. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's 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 great. I, I don't think I'd have it any other way. I, I think there's something important to take out of that. It's like a, a Brad. Um, Brad was telling me when I first uh, when I first met my fiance, you know, how that in the, you know, has the wise old man that he is in like, <laughs> in the, but in the right situation, you know, you find someone that complements the best aspects of your life and pushes you to be better at the things you're not so good at. And for myself, you know, it was legitimately like head down, you know, work till my body decides to shut off, get up, do it again every day. Like there's no excuse, none of that. And then what, what ended up started happening was in order to spend time with her or find a way to have a quality relationship, I would find the time and the means in order to compartmentalize the aspects of the business that needed to be functioning better, right? So like right, if, your right. system, if your systems are broken, you're going to, they're going to pop their head out real quick once you try to build a, a team. Um, and whether that's in the business or what I found was outside, and it seems like you found the same. And I know Brad mm-hmm. is in a similar situation with his wife coming on to the business team um, and him being married for a, long, a very long period of time in a successful relationship. Uh, I, I think that you need to be able to have that kind of perspective on the quality of not only the business relationship, but life um, in, in that it's easy to fault to you know, just get in the shop and get it done. Uh, who cares if you're in a bad mood? Who cares who you're projecting on? Like all of that stuff, when you, when you have someone that is the right partner for whatever you're doing, um, it, your, your emotional status matters, the quality of your, 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 your work and the business and your life all matter. And I think it's a, a great uh, example of, of how you can do it successfully. A lot of people are like, never work with family keep it separate yada, yada, yada. And, and i and i feel like if you're if you're a control freak and an unhealthy person to be around in a business setting that that's the route you go but if you look at uh you know um someone like Jesse Eitzler for for instance uh, he's i think he's a net jets partner owns the raptors his wife founded Spanx. they are <laughs> extremely ah. successful right yeah and uh they do absolutely everything together. They have their business relationships. They have their personal relationships. They have, I think three or four kids. And like you follow that and then you see it in more of like a, a, a micro setting in this, in this, uh, in this conversation. And like, man, is that not something that is so much cooler to try and reach for instead of being this like, you know, individual mogul that's just like all by themselves on a pedestal is like, no, build a quality team and build quality relationships around your business. Um, and then allow, you know, individuals who compliment you um, in ways that you're not capable of and let them take the reins on certain things as well as like, you know, feeling uh, comfortable and trustworthy with those people. Like you can, you can really have a quality family business um, and not have to sacrifice, you know, the, your happiness and the quality of your life, which is, which is what I'm most, if you talk to like, I feel like older people, they're like, no, keep your wife out of it. Like hide your money. Like don't, no, don't do that. No, I'm like, no, what? no, <laughs> I'm like, that no, sounds no, terrible. No. I, it, I've always said it that way. Like I like to hang out with my wife. Yeah. You know, I know so many of my friends are like, or just people I know, you know, are like, Hey, oh man, I just got to get out of the house. Got to get away from the wife. I'm like, what? Why'd you marry? I, I, what? I don't know. What? I'm confused. And, you know, with her, I call it, uh, I call it Amanda minutes. I only have so many of them in my lifetime. Why wouldn't I want to spend as many of those with her working, doing what we both love anyway? What's, you know, what's the big deal? I, I think it works out perfect. Yeah. I love that mentality. It is. It's, it's just a, it's a very interesting. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of getting deep. We're, we're going to pull back here in a minute, <laughs> but just to kind of round it out. I mean, I think there's just, there, you know, I mean, you look at like, the divorce rates these days. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that just, uh, that are, are not finding their, their right person the first time around or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do, maybe this is just a testament, right? So maybe if there's just folks like, yes, it is possible to have a successful, uh, you know, relationship and a business where you're with your wife and with your family. There's, there's tons of great ones out there, but I think you're right. Like in the media, it's like, that's all you hear about is the divorces and all the drama and all right. the stuff. 
But it's like, right. you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and, uh, and it's awesome to, to see that and hear that from, uh, from you, Jason. So, you know, let, let's back it up a minute because we kind of jumped right into the, the successful part. Uh, you know, back in 2005, when you got started and, you know, like a lot of us do, is you know, somebody asked you to build something, right? Like, how, how did that look? What, what were you doing? Um, you know, what did that look like as far as jumping into something where it was a full-time job? Did you start off doing part-time? And you mentioned a little bit earlier about doing a lot of stuff at, at night. You know, how long was it part-time? How long did you do the side hustle until it became viable to uh, jump into full-time? How did that look? So, so want to know the the funny story about that is uh, I have two full time jobs that I run right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I am I am in the sh- I don't really have at this point anymore uh, a differentiation differentiation between the two. Um, I work at my family business as well, which is my dad, mom, and both my brothers um, in the front of the house. Uh, for a pump distribution company, and I work in the shop. And so basically I build huge systems, but I also build furniture. So I don't, I don't have a, 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 everything just sort of blends together now. I don't really have like work here at this time, work here at this time. I just know that I've got to get all this stuff done during the day. And, uh, and uh, that's what I do. So I'm just keeping everything going and trying to find the time to make everything happen. So usually during the evening, it's easier for me to get things done because it's a little quieter. I usually do all my prep during the day and then do my builds uh, in the evening. Gotcha. Tell us about your systems there a little bit, if you can. Like, uh, you know, since you're, uh, it's, it sounds like you could be the most prime example of a side hustle I think we've ever heard of, um, <laughs> considering you know the the scale of things. And I mean, like like forty four is like a, it's like a legitimate like real like you guys are pumping work out. You know what? What oh, do your yeah. processes look like there? Are you you have uh, multiple employees, uh, including yourself and your wife, or is she managing all you know all of, you know what, what what kind of stuff does that look like there? Balancing it since I I had no idea you were doing anything else. <laughs> it's it's I I don't talk about it much because I I it's sort of just part of my other day. You know what I mean? I don't know why, but I just like it's not what I really. It's it's the same thing. I just build and fabricate stuff, um, and I just call it practice. It's my practice for getting. Uh, to where I want to be in furniture and, and that sort of stuff. And so I'll take these crazy systems um, and just like over the top them sometimes, and like to, even to the point where everyone just stares at me. It's like, why, why are you doing that? Like, I'm like, I'm just, it's practice. It's practice for everything I want to do down the road. And so um, that's why I usually just prep things during the day you know, cut, you know, obviously cut clean, get things prepped, um, for furniture and do it in the evening when nobody's around or on the weekend, I work six days a week. Um, and I just find that it's better for me to have that quiet time to, to actually finish and build the piece. Um, I'll even come in early sometimes and do a little work like that. But, um, during the day, I'm just making. I have one employee uh, at. Be- it's called Barrington Pumps. I have one employee. Um, I keep him going. We each have a four by uh, ten huge table. He works at one. I work at the other, and we just keep it going. You know, pretty much that he's the only person I, I deal with during the day. Um, everybody else, it's really just in in this six thousand square foot shop, the two of us. <laughs> so it's nice. He's a he he likes his music and podcasts during the day, so he's in his world over there. I'm over in my world in my own head doing whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing for the day, and uh, we work really well together. So in fact, in fact, he just started doing furniture. Um, couple weeks ago. So nice. he's been asking me and talking to me stuff and he's setting up a shop at home. So I'm going to keep him going with that. Nice. Getting the bug. So I'm thinking like that probably most of our listeners are thinking about what I'm thinking about. Like how, how do you sustain that? So if you're, you know, you're, you're working two full-time jobs, six days a week, how long have you been doing that? And how, where do you get, where do you rejuvenate? Where do you, where do you get filled up from? You know, because that seems like that would be crazy to, to go for a very long time without, without burning out. You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, so the, the burnout, I think pretty much already happened. Um, when, when just before I went to the show, I was working till, uh, you know, 
And, and actually, just before I met my wife, I was working till one, two in the morning every night, and being at work at seven the next day, I wasn't sleeping very little. I was uh, just pumping out material, pumping out, pumping out, and. It, it it got to be too much. And right before I left for the show, I was pretty much at that breaking point. Like, I don't think I can withstand this anymore. And so it was a really good time for me just to walk away, not lose the business, just walk away from it and go, all right, I have time, you know, to do other things. And, and I think that that's just what I was stuck in was building things. And I wasn't designing. I designed the mouse desk in 2007. But that's all I was building because that's what everybody wanted. So I just kept building it and building it and building it and building it and forgetting that, well, what's next? What's the next project? What's the next thought I'm going to have? Because they weren't thoughts. They were the same product over and over. Mm-hmm. Or just building bases and, and simple stuff for other people, uh, for other companies. I, there wasn't any thought to that. I'm handed a drawing, make this. Easy as could be. Um, so when, when that all finally happened and I thought things out more, I'm now at home. Uh, I try. My wife's a hairstylist, so she works from yeah, pretty so much one mother. to nine. It's 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 the perfect perfect, and she works Saturdays, so I don't lose any time with her because that's super important to me. I don't want to lose anymore. She doesn't get home till nine o'clock at night, so I can work early in the morning till late. Get home a little early to get dinner ready. I do all you know. I do most of the cooking in the home, you know, and we late in the summer we just hang out outside grill something and have a conversation. Um, in the winter, it's, it's, it's more difficult because, you know, you can't, we can't be outside um, and you, you want to watch TV or, or, you know, that turn things off. But I love being outside. We have a beer while the, the fire heats up, uh, talk about the day and then uh, have dinner. We usually don't eat till almost 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. And then um, just a little bit and then she's off to bed. I'm, I'm up a little bit later. I'm up till about 1.00. Uh, every night doing a few more things and then up at 6.30. Gotcha. So so you go the sleep deprivation route. I know that, that's, uh, that's a popular one. <laughs> it's it's actually, it's really good. Um, I, I've been all over the board for a few years, uh, for the last bunch of years. And then this past uh, year, I decided that I was going to get it under control. And so I just uh, nailed it down to 1 to 6.30. And the reason it's 1 in the morning is that uh, I'm also... Um, I like a, I have a telescope and I'm like light being out at night looking at stuff and you can't do that during the day. Ah, true artist. You, you yeah, know what I mean? It's like a so renaissance I, man. Right. I want to have that just a little bit of dark time uh, after midnight to do that. So if I'm, I have work to do, I'll do work or watch a space show or watch some sort of uh, something on TV just to zone out. But if it's clear and nice, I'm outside uh, as much as I can. I'd prefer to be outside oh, all Dude, I, I love – I just – I want to take a minute to just kind of dive into that because like John and I were literally just having this conversation this week is that uh, I've gotten so into my business and like just driving, driving, driving that I've let a lot of that stuff fall to the wayside and that stuff meaning health and, uh, you know, kind of personal fun type stuff. So like hearing like you, you are working, like you were the definition of just kind of like dedicated, passionate, like working your face off. And for one thing, like, you know, the fact that your body can run consistently all five and a half hours of sleep, kudos to you. I wish I could. I, I can't. <laughs> and so that's where I lose a lot of that time. But but I love that piece that you're like, yeah, I still got my thing. And my thing is like the stars or outer space or, or uh-huh. whatever. Like, that's my thing. And that like so, you know, getting back to those kind of the, the hidden answered my question about how do you recharge? It's like, oh, yeah, between midnight and 1 a.m. I'm watching space shows or checking out the telescope and. And that, you know, I'm sure that really that you're passionate also about that. And that fills you up. And that's like your recharge, like you go to bed feeling great. You just checked out some new stuff mm-hmm. through the scope or learn something new on the show. And then you wake up five and a half hours later, fired up to tackle the rest of the day. Like, I, I think that's that's what when I see when I personally feel it. And I also see a lot of folks is like if you just are constantly, you know, you work till 1 a.m. And that's what I typically do if I'm up to 1 a.m. I'm like, you know searching like keywords or something, you know, for the business yeah, right. <laughs> on the computer. Deep in analytics uh, you've never yeah. even heard of. <laughs> and then going to bed, waking up and be like, oh gosh, you know, it's like I'm tired. And and uh and so I, I just I love that piece. I love seeing that you hold on to that and and kind of keep that space open. But also you say, you know, like you've locked that down. So obviously you got a higher tolerance again for being able to to thrive and survive on a, a lower level of sleep, so you, you do generate some more hours in the day, which is 
which is nice. It does. It does help out a lot. Uh, you know, I, I want to have that five minutes of just forgetting about everything else that's happened during the day um, and do that sort of stuff. I, do, I build bicycles and do this. These are the two things that when I have free time, that's what I'll be doing. Um, but it's uh, yeah, the, the five and a half hours is uh, it took it took a little bit to get used to, but I'm, I'm on it just fine now. Yeah, I think doesn't bother me. I think that like uh, the underlying aspect here is like your uh, is like the balance that you're you're kind of consistently talking about. I mean, like I um seeing your work and seeing how your focus is a lot more in the shop and actually the uh, the craft of what you're making. You know, um, the balance of business and artistry it's a constant struggle for a lot of makers, quote unquote. And um, you know, with that. You have to be able to balance your, your your mental status as well as the business, right? And uh, Brad was kind of touching on it, you know, like if you uh, and I and I think what's interesting here is like what we're like 18, 18 months now, Brad, the full time since you've gone full time. Yeah, kind of right up two years actually. Two years, two years we're, we're next week. Two yeah. years. And so, like with that, one congratulations. Two, like um, you can really find yourself like just going thousand miles an hour downhill business is doing great but you really start to let go of the things that you had a lot of enjoyment outside of work and it's not that it's not enjoyable it's not that life's miserable it's that you just start to notice things right like you need a little bit more sleep or you feel groggy or like you're a little bit irritable or you know your health for instance for me like my body is is just going straight downhill and it's like Dude, I thought everyone says 30, it hits you like a brick for me. Like 31 is like a baseball bat just cracked me across the face. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I've had to like, I mean, Brad and I were talking about this last week. I, I literally had to take a step back and be like, I need to get my butt back in the gym. I need to get back to where like I have some semblance of control over the deterioration of my physical well-being. Because for me, that's something that was always ingrained in my life coming from sports and I feel like for for yourself, Jason, it's like your um, your your interest in uh, you know <laughs> what do we want to call it uh, ast- astrophysics or right, right. supernatural anything, anything outside or, or, right. whatever, or whatever it might be. But having some semblance of just a minute to take a break and go and do something that actually makes you happy um, mm-hmm. is it's it's so important to your work that none of us actually can see it until you're four, five, six months in, and you haven't done that thing. And you're at a point where Brad was saying, like, I've really let like things that I used to thoroughly enjoy, like kind of slip. And now you're like, what's the difference in now to six months ago? It's like, you haven't been playing basketball in the driveway for 30 minutes a, a week, like you used to, or whatever it might be. And so having that balance, vitally important. And, and I know I have, it's something I've always struggled with, because I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll go down a rabbit hole. I'll get five hours of sleep a night. I'll work seven days a week and I'll be three, four months into that. Just completely burned out, like looking super sloppy. Like <laughs> life feels terrible. <laughs> haven't seen anybody that I, I love or care about in months. Um, and, and my fiance has brought, you know, that aspect back to like the forefront of my vision. But I uh, it, it's something that like if you don't put some some mind mental space to or and some attention on you can really let it fall to the wayside quickly. So it's interesting to hear how you like to work in the evening, just not because it's great time to be alone and quiet, but it's like, no, I like to look at the stars. And like, when I take a break, I can go outside and, you know, take an eye in my telescope. I think think for anyone listening, you know, if you're, if you're finding yourself in a rut or you're finding like, I'm getting a ton done, the business is doing great, but I just feel this. I have this like feeling of, discontent or like disconnect from from what I thought would bring me happiness focus on like for a minute what the things were that bring you happiness in the past or potentially could in the future and set time aside for those it could be in your workflow like if you like to watch you know if you like to watch recaps of the Kardashians you know Build it into your lunch lunch schedule. You don't have only, to just it, drop it. It only like, takes a few minutes. Yeah. It's just, it takes a few minutes to get yourself to do something that is your orientation, your thing, your, yes. what you want to do. It doesn't I, take much. And I love but, that. And, and I love hearing it from someone successful and, and especially someone who's been doing it for a while. Cause that's where like you talked about hitting burnout right before the show and the show was how long ago now? Five years. 
So like <laughs> you pushed through and you're still on the backside of it doing great. Five years later, you know, things are still on the up moving forward. And it's not just the business. It's your happiness. It's the relationships you have outside of business. It's your, you're in your relationship with your wife. Like all of the things are important. All of these are a balance, I think, in life. Um, and it's easy to watch someone like a Gary Vee put all this information out on making sacrifices and putting in the time and the extra work and such. Um, but you know, it's, it's also very easy to listen to one segment of what someone like he says and just focus on that and then just dive into business, 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 and forget all the things that actually matter as well in complement to it on the other side. And I think you do a great job of that. And you've touched on it a few times in this conversation, which I wanted to kind of shine a spotlight on because it, it's, it's super important. Am I, I mean, what do you, what do you think, Brad? Cause I know it's something we've been discussing it's, here and no, there. No, it day. is. I, I love it. I mean, so like when you were, when you're getting into that, Jason, you know, walk through that a little bit about like how I am just, I'm, I'm still like, my mind is just blown dude about your schedule and about like, <laughs> you, that you have this full time thing. I'm like, wait, what? This doesn't make sense. Um, like, like how it, you know, dive into that a little bit more for us. Like how, how did that look when you're going into burnout? Maybe what, what adjustments did you make? So going in, like, what did that look like kind of before you hit the show? And then after you had that, like you said, you had that kind of time to sit back and be like, oh, wow, I haven't designed anything. Like, how did you make changes going forward? Did you slow down taking orders coming in? Uh, did you get more help on something else? Like, how did you make those adjustments? Because I think there's a lot of people who are hitting that burnout and right now and they're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't slow down because I've got all these orders. Yeah, it's it was it was a very difficult one, and walking away from it, it was probably the best starting point to it for me, at least. Um, you know, where things were still happening, but I wasn't in control of them. And it, at, at being on this show, it, they took your phone away. We could, I couldn't conversate with anybody, uh, and my wife was told not to tell me about the business because it could affect how I worked on the show. So I had no idea what was going on and it was actually super nice to do that so it was it was that was the, probably the best part it's hard for people to just go on vacation even and sort of separate from that because you can still see social media you can still see emails i wasn't allowed to get any of that so that's what sort of helped me start the mm. process and then when i got back i was like this is ridiculous i don't i don't want to work this much and, you know, when you end up working that much, you're pushing out so much, but you're not making that much money. So then we, my wife noticed all this. She's like, you, do you realize how much money you even make? I'm like, no. And it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's not a good percent uh, via what we're selling. And so we were able to cut a lot of people back, um, cut some commercial accounts. I was doing a lot of commercial accounts and I decided that it wasn't worth it. It's not my work. Um, I'm being dictated what to do. Yeah, it puts money in my pocket, but uh, you know, at some point, it's got to be the change has got to happen. And so everybody does. It, it's the classic: uh, put this out for five bucks, see how it goes. When you start getting orders you can't take, move the price up to ten bucks. And then, and so that's what we did. We just cut some of our customers that we weren't making much money on, um, and stuff that wasn't really what we do. And then we slowly got into it, and now we're still, you know, back to where we're probably about half and half right now. Uh, my products versus uh, other people's products, or just you know a base for something, or you know, gotcha. um, so we did, still do that. Did you do you think that you uh, like how did how did you get into that situation as far as like the ones that you weren't making that much money on? Was it because I like I know working with corporate accounts a lot of times, you know, they really try to squeeze you. Like, was it because you know they got you like, oh, we'll give you a ton of volume. And you're like, oh, it's a lot of exactly volume. Exactly what so it is. I'll do it for less. Okay. Yeah, and and you and you don't want to say no. You you want to take on the challenge as well. You know, sometimes when I'm, I'm pushed to a short time frame, which will kill you instantly. Pretty much time frames are what get me pretty much all the time. It's also a challenge. You go, oh man, let's, I wonder if I could do that. That. I mean, if I if everything fell into place, it would work out great. But what happens when it doesn't? And you know, sometimes it bites me in the ass. Sometimes it doesn't. But um, it's good to know that challenge is still out there. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think that's great. It's especially like I, that's so much like with craftsmen, craftswomen, like that. You when you get a big order, it's like so exciting. You know, I see it all the time. It's the you know, same thing. Like, like it can happen on the content side too. Like. We need all these products. You're like, yes, like, like you see a big total number, right? You're like, oh, wow, that's like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And you're like, this is great. 
But then if you do the math and you're like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, <laughs> that's yeah, that's 50 desks and uh, yeah, 32 yeah. tabletops. Uh, I was just talking with a local buddy who he was making, you know, 36 tabletops for a local restaurant. And, uh, you know, then they're, they're pumping back on them again for, and he's really good about pricing, but they're pumping back on them on timing. They're, you know, it was supposed to be like end of August. Now they want it like end of July. And he's like, uh, you're cutting the legs out from under me. Like what? Are, and so yeah. he's like in the midst of it right now that like, I feel like as a, as a, as a maker, as a craftsman, a craftswoman, uh, in that business, like that's what happens. Like they want it now. And they just think that you're, you know, you're a robot, but mm-hmm. it all has to be done. And if you're not outsourcing stuff and if you're making all the tops yourself, if you're welding up all those bases yourself, uh, that, yeah, you can get in a really bad spot. So I love that. Uh, I love that idea of, of just taking a step back and, and looking at the profitability. Uh, and like you said, you cut that back indeed. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're drowning in business, it probably means you're not charging enough. You're not that, charging that is, enough. Right. That is a great takeaway on that. And then like cut you know, go in and like, well, yeah, I, I weld so many table bases that are spec tables and I don't get any enjoyment and it's not my design because now that like, when you start doing that, did you see that you made more money because of like, have you started to get into more of the, you know, the jewelry esque type where it's like, oh, this is a 44 steel piece. And so exactly. there's a premium because of the design and not just the hourly rate of welding. Right. So, so like I, one of the two things that I had a little bit of trouble with is, is like when you start something, you know, 15 years ago when I was doing this, I was like, I could get things done pretty quickly. But was it pretty quickly or was it that I didn't know everything and I was doing things differently and didn't pay enough time, you know, put enough time into one little thing? So then as you go forward, your, your mind still thinks, oh, I could do that in an hour. <laughs> but yet you don't do it like that anymore. And it takes you three hours now. And so that, that would slow me all down, get things all in a bad situation. And then, and it's still somebody else's work. And so then you, you come into, you know, where's your work and how long is it going to take you to do your work? Well, I don't, I have no idea anymore what it takes me to do my work. So when I, when I price my stuff, I just give the price and however long it takes me is what it takes me. But it's my work. I'm going to put the effort that I want it to look like by the end of it. So <laughs> that helps a lot that uh, you don't feel pressured by a customer. You feel pressured by yourself. I don't mind that pressure. Yeah, I think the balance of, uh, of cash flow versus profitability um, is like it's, it's a struggle with any small business, right? Like I just I have a long, longstanding relationship with a client who has a lot of massive corporate accounts that like they'll hit me up here and there now that they know I don't do as much custom work and be like, hey, we're looking for X, Y and Z. And I'll be like. Eh, why not? You know, it, it won't take me that long. And then I'm like, oh, you just ordered 20 tabletops. And why did I say yes to this? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, I'm like, it's that thing. I'm like, the cash flow is great. But like, is it that profitable compared to what else I could be making that is like mine? Because right, they have to mark those up and then resell them and redistribute them. So I can't charge full price or so I have to give them a wholesale price. And then I also have to typically like bring in subcontracted work for uh, assistance on the project. And I'm not making content around it. So I'm losing that income because that's what I do now. And so like you have to be able to balance cash flow versus profitability, right? And if you're it's right. not so much like if you get a $10,000 bid on a say like 10 tables, like 10 grand sounds great. But if you're only making 2 grand on it, I'd rather sell one table for $4,000 and make 3 grand and that takes me the same amount of time, right? Cuz you you have to be able to balance that profitability compared to the cash flow. Um and and when you're doing high-end custom items like you, like the 44 steel brand does as like the namesake items, those are obviously always going to be more profitable than doing spec work for somebody else. Um, and, and so if you're in, if you're in the game of trying to sell custom furniture or custom anything, uh, the numbers for bulk orders of spec work look fantastic on paper. They feel fantastic when that check comes in. But once you get into the grind of it, you know, your profitability is going to be much higher when you're selling to end clients with a high end finished good compared to a part for someone else's good. Um, and I think that's I think it's interesting to hear that from your from your end, because I know mostly anybody that's holding a welder. That's a lot of the work that's coming in. You're getting spec work for parts, table bases, jigs, fixtures, all kinds of stuff, right? It's 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 probably one of the things that I realized uh, really quickly probably five years into the business that I, that I did wrong. And it was when I started doing this, I, 
I promoted myself as a designer slash fabricator. I should have never put that word in there. Yeah. <laughs> and and as soon as you say you're a fabricator, uh, you know, and then I'm shown in New York to these high-end uh, architects and interior designers, they they are like, oh, you build whatever I want? And yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. But then you get into it and you're like, why are you so picky about, like, am I building this for you? Or are you built like, I'm confused. How does this work? Yeah. And uh, that, 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 you know, your, your touch, what makes it what you did is sort of gone. gone and that that part i don't i don't like so yeah that's why i try to uh leave the fabricator behind but you know you can't you like i said half the business is still other work for other people you got to do it yeah i think and you have to be right like the long play would be to get completely out of that right is it would be mm-hmm. to growing the business enough like you have your brad and i've talked about this before in the past like when, especially for beginning businesses um you know, when you when you're starting out with a small business, you take any any job coming in the door. Right. Uh, you, you don't say no to anything. You put your head down. You grind it out. You make as much money as you possibly can. You learn. You take your bumps and bruises. But as you grow, you become more efficient in certain processes, and you start to develop your brand. You start to develop your look. You start to develop the things that you one make you happy, and two make you money. Um, right. And for myself, you know, that was industrial style furniture, metal bases, wooden tops. If I could make that, I could make money. I knew I could. And I stopped doing a lot of the work that I was capable of that I didn't enjoy because it didn't make me uh, happy or make me as much money as, you know, welded base and, and, a, and a wooden top. You progress towards the thing you want to do. And as I look at your website um, and as I look at the designs that you're putting out there for the world to see that are that are just core 44 steel, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of I guess, sheet good design type furniture. Um, at least on the website, with some drawers, hinges, very sleek, very modern, that minimalist kind of look we talked about at the top of the show. And you're keeping the designs relatively basic and the complexities coming in. You know, I look at your stuff and go, Where, where's all the fasteners? So like, <laughs> how is this put together? Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's the, the interesting side. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But knowing you and like we've we've welded together uh, twice now at Spring Make and like built some stuff. I've seen your work in the past. Like you're capable of doing the complete other side of things where there's tons of welds, like super <laughs> structural style, uh, you know, uh, looking industrial stuff, but that's not what you want to put out there. Right. You want right. to be moving the products that you want to be, be making. Um, and I think it's important for any, any type of maker or furniture maker that's looking to grow their business to start and steer the design and the eye for what you want your brand to be towards the products you want to make. And if you guys go on 44steel.com, Jason's website, you can see the products he wants to make. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're incapable of making other things. It just right, means right. That your focus is in, 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 you know, where you want the future of the business to go. Um, and so, you know, kind of gearing into that, how did you find this look? Because it, it, when I look at it, I go, it seems common, but I know it's not. Because <laughs> I, know, I know how much time it takes to build a... <laughs> seamless metal box and then hide everything and then make parts inside of it move. Like, how'd you get to the look? It's a lot of flat sheet. If you guys are curious. Um, well, so, so that's, that's a funny thing. I, when I started the filing cabinet we talked about earlier is one of the, the first sheet goods products I made. It came with the desk and the first one I ever made was 11 gauge. So it was eighth inch steel plate, but there was no frame. It was just the plates. And the idea was that it could rack a little bit and move just a little bit because there was no frame behind it. So it always sat flat on a floor, even mm-hmm. with the casters rolling. It, it, it gave it just a little bit of movement and allowed things to work together. Um, and then I decided I didn't, I, I wanted to like refine it a little bit. And because when you open it, you sort of saw the beam where it was attached. And so I made a frame for it. I started making frames and holding everything together. And one of the things I try to do is, um, is just in the way of minimalness is just like, what does it need? Like I started that from bikes and motorcycles. Like what does this motorcycle need that, that, or bicycle need to make it go? If it doesn't need any of the other stuff, I don't want it. So I would throw all that stuff away and it's, it's definitely transferred into furniture for sure. Like what do I need any of that stuff for? Why do I need that to be there? What is the reason for this to look like this? Well, if it doesn't have a reason, I don't need it. Get rid of it. And so that's what I what I try to do is minimal, stripped down as possible, but still look like it was uh, you know designed and thought out in the end. 
Yeah, this uh, the uh, <laughs> the drawer on the mouse desk is just like so awesome. It's just so <laughs> seamless. Like you're like, oh, that's a pretty cool welded table. What? That's a drawer. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny because I showed it. I showed it in New York in 2009 for the first time, and it, it did really well. It's it's what started my career really in 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 the in the country, and but it was a hot rolled steel, and it 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 had the hole in the thing, but nobody really noticed it. They just saw this desk, right? So right. the next year I did it, I brought a white one. And the hole is way more predominant uh, in the sink. And people would walk by my stop, stop, look, and this come over and like eyeball me while sticking their finger in the hole. And you're like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? So they're like, what is this? I'm like, hole. Oh. <laughs> and, and they'd pull it open and their eyes would light up and you'd be like, what? I mean, it's just a drawer and a thing. Um, it, I didn't think it was too much of a deal, but seeing people's faces when they realized that that drawer that's part of the frame you know, is the drawer. It, it really right. has been, that's been like one of the biggest things for me to see people see that and go, wow, that's, oh, yeah. how did you do that? But the reality is it's so simple. It's almost like confusing. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a drawer. Like the tube itself is mounted as the frame for the drawer. It, right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think that's where, you know, and, and that's, and that's, why you're successful because you know because like you, so you're like oh it's just simple it's this but to anybody else and that's kind of the definition of you know of somebody who has mastered uh their that specific skill or trade is like you know you're like oh that's just like but it's just like common sense into everybody else <laughs> right I mean, that that's right. why it is a, a cornerstone piece of furniture for you and and that that's awesome I, I love I love the designs on that and just like the rustic uh you know just that rustic look and feel the hot rolled steel obviously is is fantastic yeah it's super industrial it's a great look cleveland you know cleveland is the the rust belt capital you know of the world what they say whatever but it's it's we have super industrial uh furniture and all the guys that are doing stuff um there's this guy jason ween that does unbelievable industrial furniture but when when i started doing it i was doing it with not with him but like he was always in my future or my my sights as he's successful. He's showing in New York uh, galleries that I was showing in. And so our stuff complemented each other really well because um, his was found and recycled and industrial, where mine was new industrial. The complement of the two, the sleekness, mm. just really worked out well. And I think it still holds Cleveland. I, I, you know, I live here. This is where I want, I want it to project this area. Um, but it also has that nice little bit of refinedness. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So like, you know, look at, we've, we've talked a lot about how, you know, where you've been and where you've come to, where do you see it? Where do you see it going from here? Are you, are you going to try to get more and more away from that 50, 50 and eventually going to a hundred percent 44 steel original pieces? That's that's the plan in the end. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying. I'm actually uh, just about to drop a couple more commercial accounts that I have um, to really focus more on it. And uh, I'm building a few new designs as we speak that will be all out later on. And uh, in the next six months or so, we'll, we'll be showing them and uh, hopefully taking orders for those instead of the other stuff. So it'll yeah. be, it's going to be an interesting next year. I love it, man. And, and I want to I, I want to hit a, a few more things before we're coming up on the hour, but I don't care. We're just going to keep going because this is great. Uh, I just want like so where, you know, at this point, where are most of your uh, custom leads and sales coming from? You know, you, you talk about show like most, you know, most of the show people that we've had on the show. I don't know anybody other than maybe Jory who has even mentioned or or said like, you know, I was in a, a, a you know, a a show. I didn't know what you said. <laughs> I, I can't fathom <laughs> it. Like in an art installation in, in New York, I was showing in New York. Like I didn't even really yeah. know what that means. Uh, like I assume you're, you know, an art gallery or whatever. Like, how, like, is that where you're getting your sales from? Are you getting them? Is that where you generate, you know, the, the buzz? And then, you know, how, how does that all work out? Where are you making your sales? Who are you selling to as a custom furniture maker? So, so I'm a, a contemporary modern furniture designer and there's a show in New York once a year called the in International Contemporary Furniture Fair, ICFF. It's all around Design Week in May. And um, I started showing there and basically meeting architects, meeting designers. And so that was back in 2009. So I've been doing that. I did not show there this year. This is the first, I, there's been two years I did not show. And so this year and like four years ago, I didn't show during Design Week. 
And, but that's where you meet all the people. That's where you meet everything. I would say I'm probably down to, uh, again, around half and half, but half my work goes to Manhattan. Um, uh, it's just where it's just the most people I know that it's the look, uh, that goes there. I, ABC carpet and home. I don't know if you know them. They're a big, big furniture store in Manhattan. Uh, I have a line of furniture with them that's specifically for them. I, I have always have an order for one of those for them. Uh, I'm working on a whole bunch right now. So like that, that is my clientele is, is Manhattan. It just, everything works and fits really well in there. Uh, the rest, so I would say it's about half. And then the other half is just sort of scattered around the country. Um, a lot of it's here in Cleveland now. I do store stuff. I do, I'm trying to, like, I love reception desks, like the entryway to a store, oh, they're restaurant. Awesome. They're, they're so yeah. much fun. And I just did a couple and I've got two more I'm doing right now. So that stuff is uh, probably the, the most impressive to me. You walk into a store in your hometown and see something you've done is, is, is pretty cool. That's awesome. So, so just real quick before we wrap it up, how do you kind of, uh, you do, you feel like the going to shows and entering shows is where you were able to build those relationships in order to get in, you know, a couple, uh, I guess commission, not commission based, uh, product line type relationships. Like, uh, you know, is that, is that where those are facilitated at? De- definitely was. Um, I, I use shows for, specifically one purpose. And I think that a lot of people don't see that one purpose. And I I try to tell them as much as you can. Don't look at the show as you're going to sell something to somebody and they're going to buy it. Look at the show as I need, I need a lot of people to see this and tell me what they Mm -hmm. think. And so you go to the show, you got 50,000 people over the course of four days. If you get a negative uh, feedback towards that, or no one looks at it, don't, you don't take that as a bad thing. You take that as a, Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I will go back and fix this. Um, but when it does go and people love it and and it's it it's everything's great, it's obviously a completely different feeling. But it also shows you where you stand with everything. And that's why I love it. Um, you meet people, you see the same people, you see all the same designers and makers as yourself, and it's a good time of year to just say hello and 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 figure out what's going on. So you'd say it's worth its weight in gold to to pay for one hundred one of these shows and one hundred percent. It it's it, it started my career. That's awesome because I, I I it's something I've personally never had to do. I never wanted to get into this. See, you look at yourself as a designer. I much more have always looked at myself as like the let me let me build your dreams kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'm like, okay, let's sit down for sixteen hours and design your dream. Like, <laughs> but I but it, it, it's 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 its own business in itself, right? Like you you have to be willing. It's a lot of ebb and flows in that. If you can come up with a consistent line you can project out for the year, you know, like I'm selling X tables through X distributor and blah, blah, blah. My numbers are going to look like this for next year. I could possibly, you don't have that when you're just 100% commission work. So um, I love that. I think it's, I think it's an extremely valuable tip for anyone who's listening that potentially wants to get into creating and designing a line of furniture um, that wants to put it out there and work with exclusive retailers and distribution centers um, I know I know that that's the model a lot of people use. I think you're just the first person we've ever spoke to on the show that's actually <laughs> used it to their advantage um, because right. it's, because it's well, it, it, you know, it's um, it's not DIY. It is not a like just throw it together uh, and kind of like pray that someone buys it kind of thing. It is extremely well thought out. There's a lot of time that goes into the design. There's a lot of time that goes into the feel and, and look of your business as, as you put that out there. Um, I think it's an attestment to your uh you know your your merit as a not only a, a designer and a, and a fabricator but as a business owner is like you're you're willing to stand on that you're willing to stand on the designs you put on the website which i think is awesome um and it's hard to do it's hard to say like this is what i want to make and no i'm not going to go and put out there the fact that i'm it's, capable of making xyz you know you, you it, it's, it's hard it's not easy it's very hard. It's very hard. I try to, I, you know, you see those pieces and those pieces become few and far between and it, you, you sort of get depressed a little bit. You're like, I want to build that. I want to build that. I want to build mm-hmm. that. But you, you got to get rid of through the other stuff first. Yep. And then, you know, I start, I start my own work. I start new projects all the time and, and it takes me two or three times working on them with months in between sometimes because of the other stuff. So yeah, that's 
It's a great conversation, uh, Jason. We, we, we do have to wrap up, though. So one, one thing that we like to ask our guests is, you know, piece of advice. Obviously, you've you've had you've had a ton of stuff that you've already shared. But, you know, is there something that sticks out that you'd like to share with the audience as a piece of advice uh, as they're attacking their businesses? Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest thing I would say is, is just try it. I know it sounds simple and easy, but um, I've, I've been told multiple times early in my career that I couldn't do something. You can't make that happen. You can't make this happen. And I'd be like, okay, well, how do you know? You know, like you don't know anything. So I would always try something. It's, it's, even if you fail, it does not matter because then you learn something from that fail and you can always go forward. I always try something. So that's my biggest thing I can say. Love it. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's probably some of the best things is like things that you're like, I wonder if this would work. Yeah. Never, you never know. We're going to find out real quick. You never know. Right? right. Exactly. And, and if, uh, if other people are doubting it, then that means you're probably doing something good or at least something different than everybody else. Right. Love it, man. Dude. Awesome. Awesome insights and feedback on on how you've been successful and just sharing your your business story and journey with us, man. Jason, it's, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Dude, I am so blown away that Jason has just been doing this whole thing on the side. I mean, like I legit thought he was full time 44 steel all this time. And like his personality, the way he pulls it off. I'm just so impressed by how he holds it all together and the balance that he has. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, he he he's crushing it. And it's not even full time. Like it's it's truly admirable. Jason's definitely a hustler through and through. Hearing his schedule was mind boggling. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I get off and then I, you know, work till uh, you know, 9 p.m. and like, then, uh, uh, how old are you? Like, wow. Well, I'm going to go he's cry just, in a corner. I'm nothing now. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, and I've been doing that for 20 years." No. Like, yes, yes. Uh major major props. Uh, Jason. Yeah. If you guys want to learn more about Jason and 44 steel and see, and see some of his awesome work, I highly, highly recommend it. That mouse desk is amazing. Head to madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 112. And we will have links to all of Jason's websites and everything else he has going on. Yeah. You definitely going to want to follow along on uh, Instagram as well. He's not the most active, but when he does post, Ooh, is it beautiful? Um, and we'll have Jason tagged on our feed at madeforprofit.com. Absolutely. Actually, it's just at Made for Profit. Sorry. A lot of reading. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. At, at Made for Profit. Yes, yeah. that's right. All right. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, we're going to head over to the after show, and we'll catch you on the next show. Peace.